Welcome to the LeedsCon Industry Insider Podcast, where we explore all aspects of today's lead gen industry. From customer engagement and acquisition to lead conversion and sales, we connect with key thought leaders on measurable marketing, consumer behavior, and privacy, plus all the new technologies and trends that shape the industry. Welcome back, everyone, to LeedsCon's Industry Insider Podcast. It's great to have you joining us. I'm your host, Warren Pickett, and I hope everyone is doing well during these turbulent times. Lately, we've been talking a lot about how the pandemic has impacted various verticals, recently discussing insurance and lending. Today, we're going to switch over and talk about education to really dive into how are things evolving in a very fluid market. Joining us today, I'm very happy to have Bruce Douglas, the CEO of Education Dynamics. Bruce, welcome. It's a pleasure to have you with us today. Thanks, Warren. Appreciate you having me. Bruce is, uh, like I said, CEO of Education Dynamics, but he's been with the organization for quite a while, holding titles as president and C- CMO before. Uh, and Bruce brings over 30 years of experience in management and marketing. So a lot of experience to share, and and Bruce has a lot to say uh, around EDU and education. So Bruce, I know that we were chatting briefly before, and you know, 2020 has been one of those years where it's just unlike any other in the way that it's affected just about every enterprise, but schools and education definitely have been hit hard. Um, We've seen what it's done to traditional and vocational schools, but also online offerings. And I know with your organization, with Education Dynamics, you do work with schools, you focus on adult and non-traditional higher education. How has the pandemic impacted the schools that you work with? And maybe to extend that, how has it varied depending on the type of schools that you work for? Well, I think the pandemic has certainly impacted everyone, everything, and and higher education is, is certainly no different. Um, because we focus almost entirely on uh, the higher education space, focusing on adult or non-traditional learners, it's been a little bit different maybe than the, the, the broader ecosystem for higher education. Um, and, and certainly a lot of the schools we work with, and, and we work with uh, nonprofit schools, both public and private, we work with for-profit schools, we work with certificate programs straight up through PhD programs, Obviously, anyone who has a campus um, entity uh, has been impacted the most. And many of our clients certainly have you know, thriving campuses all across the United States. And, and, and between the, the shift of those students to you know, learning in an online modality, uh, that has absolutely affected it in, in a major way. Um, but a lot of the schools we work with uh, focus very heavily on adult online degree programs. And for them, it's actually presented a really nice opportunity or upside. Um, and you know, it's kind of odd to say in, in, in such a challenging time, um, but these schools that we work with have often been doing uh, servicing you know, this community for 10, 20, even 30 plus years. And for those schools, many of them are almost spending into the opportunity uh, because they know a lot of consumers are, are considering at least uh, going back to school and considering online degree programs. No, that's great. Um, it's nice to hear a silver lining, obviously, in all of this. Um, like you said, working with those schools that have campuses, but also uh, online dedicated uh, you know, deg- degree programs. 
there is quite a variety in the way that uh, schools are having to, uh, you know, address the, the pandemic and the challenges put forth. Um, from your perspective, you know, we've seen obviously a lot in the shift of consumer behavior, but what are you seeing as far as consumer demand uh, and how that shifted regarding the pandemic? So yeah, it, it has certainly shifted a bit over time. So in late February into maybe early to mid-March, and, and as we rolled through the latter part of March, we started seeing some very significant downward shifts in people utilizing kind of Google and Bing and, and the paid search environment. But counter to that, um, a huge, huge, huge surge upwards in terms of the consumers usually utilizing social media marketing. We're talking here, you know, the LinkedIn's, the Facebook's, the Instagram's, the Twitter's of the world. Um, and, and so there was where people were spending their time certainly did shift. We even so there's been a, in, over the last, you know, five, 10 years, a huge shift upwards in terms of people accessing the web uh, on mobile devices. And interestingly enough, but not surprising, I guess, if you think about it, it's actually been a shift back towards desktop. Um, right. Uh, simply because people are spending more time at home. They're working on their laptops a little bit more. There's less commuting time where someone might have been on a bus or a train, et cetera. So I think the, 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 the top flight marketers out there, whether it be you know, marketing services firms like ours or the schools themselves, who are excellent marketers, most of them, um, you know, they're figuring out, hey, wherever the consumer is, I need to be. Um, so they just shift along with it both in terms of maybe the marketing mix, in terms of what marketing channels you utilize, but also in terms of kind of the messaging that you would use. Um, so there's been, I know the question was really about consumer demand, but, but I think it's important even within that demand to think about, okay, when someone's on a Facebook or someone's on a Google, how do you speak to them? Um, and you know, what images or tone do you utilize in doing so? And that's become kind of really critical as, as, as well to think through uh, certainly the classic images that we've all kind of gotten used to of you know, people sitting around on the blankets on the campus, you know, talking and chatting or, or people in, in, in a packed library studying. That kind of falls a little bit tone deaf right now to be utilizing images like that. So, of course, you know, many schools and, and, and we ourselves as a marketing agency have shifted to show more people kind of studying at home or by themselves or on their laptops or on their phones in a slightly different, you know, means of, of, of doing their, 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 their studying. Now, it's great. I'm glad you brought that up, you know, just how messaging is so important. And I think really just about any brand out there right now has become somewhat hypersensitized to the way that they're communicating, the way that they're holding conversations with potential customers and, and consumers. So I'm glad you mentioned that. You know, to flip things to the other side for a minute, Bruce, looking at education dynamics, how have you guys sort of changed your marketing tactics uh, in the past few months um, in what you're doing to, to communicate and, and reach out and work with schools? So yeah, just following up on, on what I mentioned on the, la on the last point, certainly there's been some shifting around in terms of things like paid search and, and, and social media marketing. So I, I think what schools have realized as well as, as their marketing partners is you need to be a versatile multi-channel marketer. No one marketing channel is gonna kind of cut it or do it. You know, paid search is probably always gonna be king. 
um, and anything Google related is always going to be critical, you know, very, very critical. Um, but you need to be able to talk to consumers where they are. So, you know, that, that's TV, that's radio, that's print, um, that's OTT, that's, uh, you know, certainly, you know, social and, and, and paid search. It, it's, it's SEO, it's email, it's SMS. Uh, so I think figuring out how to be a top, you know, kind of world-class multi-channel marketer is going to be critical and having the messaging accordingly. Even things like TV, um, you know, more and more people are watching TV. You know, TV viewership it, it, it has, has gone up tremendously, again, for the obvious reasons. People are kind of trapped at home. Um, and, you know, sure, there's plenty of people watching advertising free Netflix, but there's plenty of advertising opportunities that have, that have kind of grown. And actually, there's a chance to stand out now because many marketing companies, because of the challenges they're having, have actually pulled back budgets. So for those that have stayed in the game, there's a chance to actually stand out in a way that you couldn't maybe previously in a more cluttered environment. So I think for those that kind of have the deep pockets and, and can kind of stick with the game and think a little bit more into the midterm and long term, there's a great opportunity to, to kind of get people where they are and, and, and kind of where the eyeballs are right now. Yeah, no, great point. Um, and we're actually going to be talking uh, on our next podcast about uh, OTT and, and CTV and things like that, because there is opportunity and there have been more eyeballs in front of the television uh, of late. Um, but you talked about the near term and, and the long term, Bruce. Where do you see things kind of headed for the rest of the year for 2020 when it comes to demand, either from consumers or from schools? Well, first of all, Warren, I, I wish I had my crystal ball working. <laughs> it's a little broken right this second. Yep. Um, but if I had to put my kind of best kind of guessing hat on, I, I'd say, well, first of all, consumers are sitting on the sidelines a little bit because no one knows what this recovery is going to look like as you know, just following the news every day online or however get, you know, people get their media and information, you know, every day, every hour, there seems to be another piece of information right. so it's, you know what sort of, you know, recovery economically there's going to be with 20 million plus people out of work, you know, are half of them going to be reemployed in the next three months or, you know, our numbers going to keep creeping upwards or how's that going to look? So I'd say that for the adult higher education space, we tend to run in a counter cyclical manner where consumers do tend to go back to school to get degree programs uh, when the, uh, when, um, when unemployment rates kind of get higher, whether it will follow that model this time or not, I think remains to be seen. What we're already seeing right now is a tremendous surge in people accessing um, online courses and classes. Uh, tremendous surge. Certainly the old kind of style MOOCs, the, 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 the Coursera's, the, um, uh, um, et cetera, the edX's of the world, are, are just Udacity's of the world, are just doing phenomenal. Their traffic is, is, is doubling, tripling, quadrupling. Uh, so there's no doubt that's happening already. Um, we are expecting a decent-sized growth in online degree programs. Uh, that seems kind of inevitable. We're not fully seeing that just yet. There's certainly no shrinkage of demand, but the surge in demand that we will probably see, my guess it comes in the latter part of 2020 and into 2021. If people say, you know what, I'm going to be out of work for a while, um, and I need to switch. I need to switch careers, or I need a different skill set, and I just can't do it with that one or two classes. 
I'm gonna need to get a further degree, that's when the schools that we service are, are likely to see the uptick. So certainly no decrease in demand right now, but it may take a bit of time to play out to see exactly how the recovery of the economy goes. Gotcha. Um, and Bruce, you know, I'll end it here with a, a final question. Just, you know, because you work with so many schools, you see what they're dealing with on a day-by-day basis. What would you recommend schools be doing right now to prepare for that future? So I think for anyone who has an online degree program already, uh, the best thing to do is make sure consumers know about it. You're going to have to promote it. And some of those promotion tactics are kind of free, kind of the, the SEO and, you know, of the world, but others are going to need some money behind it. Um, so I say for those that have programs already, um, my advice would be to spend into it. Obviously, that might be viewed as a little self-serving or biased because uh, some of those schools would probably turn to us for help in doing that. Putting that aside, the only way to stand out in a cluttered market is to get the message out there. And many, many top flight schools have been servicing the adult community for, as I mentioned earlier, 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years. It's a time to, to kind of trump that a little and put, put that out there and, 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 and you know, say, hey, we've been doing this. We're experts. This is not a new thing for us. But for those that it is a little new, they need to work with providers that are going to help them build out new degree programs. If they have five programs, they need to have 10. If they have 10, they probably need to have 20. If they have 20, they probably need to have 30. Um, and they're going to need to get the message out there and be able to kind of quickly service these, these schools. And whether they do that on their own or work with third-party providers, that's up to the individual schools to make that, you know, that educated decision. Um, but it is a cluttered marketplace. There are hundreds, if not thousands, of schools kind of going after these consumers. And to stand out in that environment, one needs to get the message out there and do it in a way that is distinct. Let their brand shine. Every school brings something to the table that no one else brings. And you have to find a way to get that marketing message out there um, in a way that is going to distinguish one, you know, one player from the school down the street or the school in the next state. Um, so I think, you know, the uniqueness of that marketing um, and kind of, you know, spending into the multi-channel marketing strategy that we mentioned before, I think is going to be quite critical for success over the, you know, the balance of 2020. Yeah, absolutely, Bruce. Well, we've talked a lot about uh, in a short time, you know, about consumer demand, about that multi-channel marketing uh, approach uh, and just uh, the way that uh, consumer behavior is changing and the way that schools are responding. And like you said, that, that unique value proposition that each school brings to the table uh, is so important right now. Bruce, we can't thank you enough for taking a few minutes uh, to just update us and, and you know, to give us really good news on, on where EDU is right now. I think there is uh, an upslope uh, and, and we'll be circling back with you to check to see how that demand increases over the year. But uh, thanks so much for taking the time today. Well, thank you, Warren. Really appreciate the opportunity. Thanks to everybody listening in today. We always appreciate it. We encourage you to subscribe and to check out our other podcasts. Uh, we look forward to talking to you again soon. Everybody stay safe and uh, be well. Thanks for tuning into this episode of LeedsCon's Industry Insider Podcast. Be sure to subscribe for the latest news, insights, and the best takeaways you need to drive your performance marketing to the next level.